For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Elijah comes up, speaks in the name of the Most High God, turns around and walks away. And they cannot lay a hand on him. I know that the king, Ahab, probably thought, what a nut. What a nut. And he goes about his business. Then the word of the Lord, verse 2 came to him, Elijah, saying, Good job, Elijah. I'm so proud of you. You did a good job, boy. That's awesome. No. He says, Get away from here. In other words, run. Run, Elijah. Hide. Get away from here. Turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan. I say, run, boy. Run and hide, because they're going to be looking for you now. Verse 4, it will be that you shall drink from the brook. See, God has already taken care of the provision. A famine and drought is coming. Water is going to be scarce. He says, go over here and hide, because you can drink from this brook. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you. There. Amen. Understand, we did a study, oh, I guess it was a couple years ago. I have a study called A Place Called There. We're going to be incorporating some of that study into what we're talking about in this study. But I want you to understand, God's provision was already made before Elijah obeyed the Lord. And God said to Elijah, since you obeyed me, I'm taking care of you. You see, no matter what this nation goes through, if you're obeying God, you will be taken care of. The nation may be damned. The nation may be going through turmoil. But God said, if you do what I say, I will take care of you. You want another proof? Let's look at Jeremiah. Look at Ezekiel. Look at all the prophets. They prophesied the destruction of their nation. It was not a popular thing to say. How could God destroy this nation where his temple is here? God will never allow anything like that to happen, they said. 
They persecuted the prophets who said these things. Some of them were arrested, thrown into the deepest dungeon. Some were beaten. Some were hung. But they didn't back down because they knew what God had told them to do. What about you? Are you doing what God has told you to do? Are you doing what the Holy Spirit told you to do? If he said, that person at work needs you to witness to them, did you walk up and begin to witness? Well, Brother Bob, I can't do that. It's against the policies at work. If I do that, I'll get into trouble. I may lose my job. So you're trusting man more than God. You're trusting that you know more than God. You're trusting in your employer to take care of you rather than God. Do you think God is going to honor someone who refuses to do what he tells them to do? that refuses to take care of something God placed them in that business to do, which was to be a light to those in the darkness, to be a witness for him, and you're saying no because you want that paycheck. What do you think is more important to God? Your paycheck or a soul saved for the kingdom of God, whom you're looking at one individual. One. That person may end up being called to the nations, winning millions of people to the kingdom of God, and you would have credit for all of it. But instead, you're worried about your paycheck. But Brother Bob, if I lose my job, I just don't see how I'm going to make it. Because you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your own abilities. Instead of relying on God. Now I'm not preaching just to you. Because I have done it too. I have done the same thing. I'm just like you. I'm no great prophet and exalted on high or any of that, I have fallen prey to the same tricks of the devil as you have. But praise God, I've been delivered from that. And I'm not afraid to speak out for God. I'm not afraid anymore to say what needs to be said, regardless of the consequences. Because I believe God will take care of me if I'm taking care of his business. Jesus in the temple told his parents, don't you know I should be about my father's business? What about you? Whose business are you taking care of? God's or yours? Jesus's or your boss? The Holy Spirit's promptings, are you following that? Or are you following the commands of men? Peter and John stood in front of the Pharisees and could have been stoned for preaching about Jesus when they said, we commanded you not to do it. They said, whether we should obey the commands of men or of God, you decide. But as for us, 
<laughs> We're preaching about the Most High God and His only begotten Son, Jesus, and Savior and salvation that comes only through Him. Praise God. They weren't afraid of what people said. It wasn't high times and, and pleasantries. They were arrested. They were beaten. They were stoned. They were jailed. But they never compromised what Jesus told them to do. Paul said he counted it all joy. He wasn't happy because he was being persecuted. He wasn't happy when he was stoned. He wasn't happy when he was cold and naked and without food or provision. But he trusted in God and refused to let go of that word. And we're still talking about him today. God honored him by writing two-thirds of the New Testament. We're still reading about him, talking about him, using what he wrote today to win people to Jesus Christ. You don't think God can use you as you go through persecution? Did he take care of Paul? Absolutely. Paul had favor. Even in the eyes of the Romans, they gave him his own apartment and allowed people to come visit him and provide for him, food for him and all of that. He had his own guard that allowed them to do these things under the command of the Roman government. He was taken care of. Yes, he was arrested. He was in chains. But he had Jesus. That's all you need. That's all Elijah needed. He did put it like this. You can study this concept throughout the Bible. First comes a command from God. If you do this, I will do this. Think about Deuteronomy 28. Well, let's turn over there. Go to Deuteronomy 28 real quick. Deuteronomy 28. Listen to this. It shall come to pass. That's not a might be. It might happen if you do this. No. It shall. This will happen if you listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God. If you observe and do all his commandments that I command you this day, if you do these things, the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. If you do these commandments I tell you to do, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And it goes on through verse 14 to outline all of the blessings that belong to you if you do what I tell you to do. That command and those blessings are still available to you and I today. If you do what God tells you to do, all these things will happen to you and you will be blessed. I'll take care of you. Elijah did what God told him to do. Now God is fulfilling his part of that covenant. You see, that's all a contract is. Think about a, a, a real estate contract. If you do this, if you pay this money, we will deed you this house. It will be yours. Think about if you enter into a contract with a contractor to fix the roof. If you fix my roof, this is what I will pay you. 
insurance contracts. If you pay this much money each and every month and something happens, we will give you this much money back. It is a contract of, if you do this, I will do this. That's what God entered into with man. And here we see it with Elijah. Think about this. Let's back up for a second. Let's talk about salvation. If you will accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God says, I will forgive you all your sins. I, Jesus said, I will send to you the Holy Spirit who will dwell in you. And I will give you everlasting life with me in heaven. If you do this, I will do this. That's a covenant, a contract. God says his word will never be broken on his end of it. We may break it. We may forsake it. We may not do it. God's word stands firm. He cannot lie. He says, if you do this, I will do this. Now, it may be 10 years you've refused to do it. You've run from God. You've done everything else except follow him. Now you're in turmoil. You're in trouble. Your finances are messed up. Your health is bad. Relationships are all broken. Turn back to him. He said, if you will do this, I will do this. I can guarantee you, 100%, I can guarantee you, if you turn back to him, things will begin to turn around for you. You've heard my testimony. If you haven't, it's on our website, ftfm.org. For 30-some years... I thought I was saved. But I was doing everything contrary to the Lord. I was drinking, running as far from God as I could get, thinking, doesn't matter if I die, I'll be saved. I'm saved right now. I'll go to heaven. What a lie from the devil that was. Then, we were in such dire financial straits. I left home to try and get a job in Georgia. We were living in Louisiana. I was selling insurance at the time. And I went 25 days without any sales. Zero. Had not made one nickel. All I was doing was spending money on the rent and food and electric and all that. This apartment I was renting month to month. Family is back home in Louisiana. They didn't have any money coming in because it was all dependent upon me. So the bills weren't being paid there either. The lights were about to be turned off. No food in the refrigerator. My wife called me up and said, what are we going to do? And I just couldn't take it anymore. 11.35 p.m. Eastern Time in a little empty apartment in Columbus, Georgia. I cried out to God. And I remember saying, Lord, if you will del- I can't deal with this anymore. Lord, I can't do this anymore. If you are who you say you are, I ask that you deliver me and save me right now from all these troubles. If you do, I will serve you. I'll be a preacher for you if you want. I don't care anymore. See what I was saying? I was entering into a covenant. If you can do this, I will serve you. 
Jesus was saying, if you turn your life over to me, I will deliver you. But I didn't realize that at that time. I just prayed what I told you. Went to lay down, crying. I see my Bible sitting there on the ends. I didn't even have desks or dressers or anything. I had a box. My Bible sitting on the Bible. I read the Bible twice a day at that time. And the evening scripture for that day was Psalms 34. And I laid down. Oh, yeah, I haven't read my scripture. I got up, started reading Psalms 34. I got down to verse 7 and said, The Lord will deliver this poor man. He's talking about me. The Lord will deliver this poor man from all his troubles. At that verse, it felt like a 10,000 pound weight was lifted from my shoulders. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit right then and there, started praying in tongues, crying, praising God. I was born again at that instant, 11.35 p.m. Eastern Time in Columbus, Georgia. This little empty apartment. I can take you to it today. I got up, I called my wife, I said, guess just what happened to me? And shared with her, she was crying, she was happy. I said, I'm coming home, honey. I can be just as broke back home in Louisiana with you as I am here. So I'm coming home. I'll notify my rents up the end of this month, and I'm on my way home on the 1st. That was January 25th, 1992. Between January 26th, 1992, and January 31st, 1992. That five days, I sold enough insurance to pay all the bills from Georgia and pay some of the bills at home, and buy food and take care of the light bill and all that stuff. God, in five days, turned my life around. Praise God. You see, He will always provide for you if you do what He says. And here, let's go back to Elijah. Here we see Elijah obeying what God told him to do. Go tell the king this. He went and said what God told him to say. Turned around and walked away. And instead of getting a pat on the back and a promotion and, and favor in the eyes of all the people, God told him, run, Elijah. Run and hide. Go by the book Trith. You can drink from there. And not only that, I have already commanded the ravens to feed you there twice a day. When you do what God says, he will provide for you. As I said, we had a study called, a place called there, about Elijah. God's provision was not given to Elijah where he was at. God's provision was provided at a place Elijah was supposed to go. Before Elijah did what he said before the king, God had already made provision for him. His provision was in place. The book Brook Cherith was still there. The ravens were bringing food there. Elijah ran ahead. That brook is probably 10 miles long. How would Elijah know where to go? Where he could hide at? He had to follow the brook. He didn't know where he was going to hide at. He didn't know where he was supposed to be. But he walked along the brook until he seen birds bringing food. He said, this must be the place I need to rest. The brook was there bubbling up with water. He had food. God, we continue reading. 
Verse 5, he did. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Oh, look at that. He did according to the word of the Lord. He obeyed God. He went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan River. And because he did that, the ravens brought him bread in the meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank the water from the brook. And it happened after a while. Remember, a drought is going on right now. We don't know how long a while is. It could have been a year, year and a half, maybe two years. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. But notice it dried up and he sat right there. I'm not going anywhere. He may have missed his family. He may have missed his neighbors. He may have missed his uh, house. He may have had you know, a house already in town. Why do I got to go out here and live in the woods? I just want to stay home. No, he obeyed God. Basically forsaking everything to obey God. And God, because he obeyed God, God is taking care of him. And God notices Elijah's not moving. Even though there's no more water, Elijah's like, I ain't moving from here because this is where God told me to go. So now God arranges step two. Verse eight, the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying in verse nine, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And you will see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. He already made provision in Sidon for this widow woman in Zarephath to take care of Elijah. How would he do that? She's not even a Jew. She's a Gentile. Why would God do that? She was praying. She's she's being affected by the famine as well. She's having problems as well. One, she's a widow. Two, she has a son, a young son. Nobody is taking care of her. It's on her to provide for her and her son. And now all of the resources are gone. But yet she, probably in prayer, called out to the Jewish God, And said, if you will take care of me, I'll serve you. And God spoke to her heart and said, I'm sending you Elijah the prophet. She knew who Elijah was. They'd heard that the king is looking for this guy named Elijah. If you see him, report him to the authorities because the king wants him. He's a wanted man. King Ahab placed a bounty on his head, you could say. But God spoke to her and told her, I'm sending you Elijah. She knew who Elijah was. God said, take care of the prophet and I'll take care of you. She had that covenant with God now. God says, you take care of this prophet, I will take care of you. Praise God. Elijah gets up and goes, it's a long walk. It's about a three-day walk that he had to go on through the desert. He's seen the effect. Remember, he's been hiding in the woods by the brook. He has now seen the desolate land, no crops at all. 
He's seen people dying by the wayside. There's probably bodies laying on the way out in the desert. Because there's no rain, no water. He sees people mourning over graves of their young children and their wives and their husbands because there's no water. And he knows this is happening because of me. God, you said for me to say this, but look at the people suffering. It had to be a hard walk for him. For those couple of days as he's going to Zarephath. As he gets to the outlying gates of the city. He sees a widow woman there. <laughs> Verse 10. Look at this. So he arose went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city. Indeed. A widow woman was there. There's that word again. She was there gathering sticks. She, instead of just giving up, sitting down, ready to die, she was doing what she could with what she had. She knew she only had a little bit of food left. She knew that she had heard from the Jewish God that said, I'm sending you Elijah. You take care of him and I'll take care of you. So she was out there gathering sticks, preparing to cook a meal. <laughs> and Elijah walks up. I'm sure she said, now this looks like that guy Elijah the king's looking for. And Elijah just walks up. He says, you the widow woman? He says, you the prophet? Yep. You're supposed to take care of me? Please bring me a little water and a cup so I can have a drink. Elijah is walking up to her and says, God has commanded you to take care of my needs. So we're going to start simple. Give me a drink of water. And as she was going to get the water, notice she didn't complain like, water? Are you kidding me? You know how expensive water is right now? No, she didn't complain at all. She went to get him a drink of water in obedience to what God had commanded her to do. Take care of the prophet, I'll take care of you. So she goes to get him a drink of water. And then he says, oh, by the way, bring me something to eat. Bring me some bread in your hand. Now, a lot of people look at this next response as a complaint. Like, And I studied it this way also before. They're looking at this as a complaint by the woman to the prophet that says, I don't have nothing to give you. Leave me alone. No, that's not what it meant. She said, verse 12, as the Lord Jehovah Yahweh, your God, lives. I don't have any bread. I only have a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And look, I was out gathering a couple of sticks so I can go and prepare it for myself and my son. Once that's gone, that's it. We're going to die. She's not complaining. She's explaining. 
You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.